0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm running for SportingNews.com, NFL, and Fantasy Football, so I have my picks straight up against the spread, as well as looking look at the sleepers and bus, and my weekly column, the start sits there for you. We'll start them, sit them, as well as the, the rankings for the must-starts of the week there for you. So, breaking it all down at Sporting News, and we're doing it here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We turn our attention to the matchups For the week ahead, when we get to Wednesday, we do the first half of games today. We'll break down the second half there. We're up to 15 games again this week after uh, going 14 last week. We only have two teams on bye. That would be the Broncos and the Rams. Everyone else in action here in week number 11. And next week we'll have Thanksgiving. So a lot of action there early in the week. We still have one Thursday night game this week. We'll start with that one between the Patriots and Falcons. And we'll go through some uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time games here. Seven games on today's show, eight games on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, we will start with Thursday Night Football. The Patriots and Falcons. The Patriots are red hot. We're looking here early in the week. Should we have a return of Damian Harris? That's a big question mark we're looking at here. In this week, uh, he was in the concussion protocol and couldn't clear it last week. He stayed in it. He's limited here on Tuesday, so there's a chance to be clear to play. That should make it more of a committee here with Ramondre Stevenson, but not fully getting the green light here. So if Harris misses, Stevenson locks in as an RB1. If they do play Harris this week, I think he goes back to RB2 status. So Stevenson should still have some value as a flex. But keep in mind, they probably won't have to throw a lot in this game. They are good touchdown favorites in this one. When you look at the spread, uh, the Patriots are... They're, Minus 7, so a whole touchdown on the road, which is pretty big on a short week. 47.5 is the over-under, so no other real injury concerns. I mean, Jonah Smith could miss another game. He's always limited practice. They deactivated him last week, which was interesting, and immediately led to Hunter Henry having a two-touchdown game. He'd been scoring consistently, but he took over as their primary target at tight end. They also use the wide receivers a little bit more. Kendrick Bourne has uh, been close to a Wide receiver 3 with his production of the season falls into flex category, so if you need him... He's actually been more productive overall than Jacoby Myers. Myers finally scored, but Bourne has been doing that here all season. He's actually on pace for 1,000 scrimmage yards, believe it or not. So if you're desperate there for a wide receiver three or flex in a deeper league, you can look at Kendrick Bourne. I wouldn't really focus on Myers or really a Nelson Aguilar anymore. Hunter Henry has been the primary target in key situations here for Mac Jones. Bourne still only seeing about four targets per game. So really hard to trust any of the Patriots wide receivers. So only if you're desperate and only with Bourne. Hunter Henry's locked in again as a tight end one solidly with his scoring and he's just feeling it here with Jones. So he's in there. If you need a streaming quarterback, Mac Jones, we recommended, would be one of the top options. We also talked about Justin Fields here against the Ravens, who we like a little bit more. But Mac Jones, uh, this rookie, can get it done. You're looking around 250 and 2 for Mac Jones there, so I wouldn't expect a massive upside there, especially if Harris returns. That's going to strengthen their running game in this particular matchup here. So, again, the Patriots' uh, defense should dominate this game, so I don't see a lot of reason for Jones to really put the ball up in this game all that much. So, keep that in mind. It's going to be low volume. High floor, but probably limited ceiling here for Jones in this game, as it usually is with Jones, given how well they play defense and run the ball behind him do that. So Bourne gets some consideration. Henry is a must-start. Harris returns. He's a must-start. Stevenson also has a lot of appeal in some form here this week, especially if you're missing Jemonta Williams or Melvin Gordon or Darrell Henderson out of your lineup. You can go there this week. Now, what do we do with the Falcons? It's not looking good for Corderell Patterson here. Pretty much... Uh, game time decision with his ankle injury. They might not risk it here. It's a short week. You also have Hayden Hurst potentially missing the game. So this lines up for Kyle Pitts having a pretty big role here, but that also is not good because that means the Patriots can really focus on taking Kyle Pitts out of the game. I think if Patterson plays, then they're going to make sure he doesn't beat them either as a runner or receiver in this one. So that only helps should Patterson go here. Wayne Gallman could see some uh, big touches here. They've kind of faded on Mike Davis. They realize he's not the guy here to handle the key touches. They think they realized that early with Patterson. Gallman may get a big opportunity here. And again, volume-based play is Gallman if you're desperate. Running back, say you had Patterson and you are playing him every week, you could go in that direction if you're desperate this week. But Kyle Pitts, he's still tied in one because of the usage, but don't be surprised if that's the one thing the Patriots end up taking away. So I don't expect a big, big game from Kyle Pitts, but at this point, The tight end landscape is very limited when Hunter Henry is a regular start here, so the good news is, again, no Hayden Hurst, so that should mean a lot of Ridley on the field, or no Ridley on the field, but Kyle Pitts on the field, and no Ridley is what I was about to say, so no Calvin Ridley, no Hayden Hurst, they got to throw and have high volume, and maybe the Patriots will have a big enough lead where they're not going to worry too much about the intermediate routes there to Pitts, and that might help, but all that coming back to Matt Ryan, you can't trust him in this game. I love the Patriots' defense. They've just been bringing it every week. We thought it was a tough matchup against the Browns. They look spectacular there. Whip them. They should whip the Falcons all around here. So, And mostly Patriots here. Kyle Pitts is the only way I would go with the Falcons if Patterson doesn't play. If Patterson does play, just uh, drop him down to more flex consideration. That's how well the Patriots' defense is playing. And they did give up a big running game last week, so Gallman... With the volume, uh, like Dernis Johnson, could do some uh, damage there against the Patriots. They are much better pass defense and run defense with their landscape of their defense. So keep that in mind here that you do have someone to play should Patterson play or Gallman fill in for him this week. you got to go there, and Pitts is the only other option. No going with Matt Ryan. I know every time you think it's a bad matchup, Matt Ryan seems to come through. Every time it was great, like the Cowboys last week, he doesn't. So it's hard to read him. He tends to be a little bit better at home. But I think the Patriots will do enough to take away his uh, key weapons. And again, not going anywhere near Matt Ryan in this particular matchup against the Patriots. Uh, Pass rush and pass defense, Matthew Judon, all the way back through J.C. Jackson. Very good at every level. All right, our next game we'll look at also should be rather lopsided here. Speaking of the Browns, who got beaten badly by the Patriots in New England, they come back home to Cleveland. They're 10-point favorites here against the Lions, who came off their first non-loss of the season, a tie at Pittsburgh, helped by Mason Rudolph being in there, and no Ben Roethlisberger, no Chase Claypool. Let's look at the Lions. I mean, DeAndre Swift might be the only option now. We talked about Swift and Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, but Hawkinson just had a three-target game where he caught nothing. The Jared Goff, Hawkins in connection, they've been three big games, but otherwise it's been underwhelming here. It started out hot, but I think teams have realized they don't really have much of wide receiver. Let's try to control Hawkinson. And the Jared Goff connection is so bad. So we're at a point where Goff really should be benched for David Blau. They're reluctant to do that because Blau is kind of a guy that they've had. Remember, he made starts for Matthew Stafford when uh, he was on the team when Stafford was hurt and had the back injury. So there's some experience there playing, but not in this particular offense for Blau. So, again, I think they have to seriously think about change. Their passing game is one of the worst in the NFL. Big development last week is Dan Campbell coming off the bye, taking over the play calling from Anthony Lynn, and that really just turned into a a run-heavy approach. Will they keep that? It doesn't matter. DeAndre Swift is going to be the centerpiece here. They did lose Jamar Jefferson there, and uh, Jamal Williams still battling that thigh injury. So you could see a little bit more of uh, Godwin Igwebeke playing behind uh, Swift, but still it's a Swift show on that side, and you will be motivated with his uh, fellow Georgia Running back, Nick Chubb on the other side. So Swift, Hawkinson, if you need him, play him. I mean, he might be better than any other option. He's still a very talented player. You're just going to hope for better things than maybe a touchdown. The Browns, by the way, have given up multiple touchdown games to tight ends a couple times. Travis Kelsey way back in week one. And Henry just last week against the Patriots. So there's some hope that uh, Hawkinson, who hasn't scored in a long time, can come through here with at least that bat to salvage his day in this matchup, if you really need him and again. It's tough to be stuck with somebody like Hawkinson, a guy that you know is talented but isn't producing, but you also know the time you don't play him, he's going to uh, be kind of <laughs> the guy that goes off. So just be careful with that. If, if you don't have a viable alternative, you're going to have to stick with Hawkinson. Now on the Brown side of thing, Nick Chubb should return from the COVID-19 list. He's vaccinated, so he should take over again from Dernis Johnson. So Dernus Johnson's had some... Good uh, filling stints here against Denver and New England, but it's a Chubb show. We know Chubb took over a couple weeks ago against the Bengals. That feels like this game as well, where Chubb is all over the place. Uh, He's well-rested, and they're giving him a lot of carries here without Kareem Hunt. Anywhere else, I wouldn't go. I mean, Baker Mayfield is hurting. We don't know if he's even going to play. He's got the knee issue. He's got the shoulder issue. Here, they could play it safe with Case Keenum here and uh, know that they can beat Detroit with a running game. So a lot of things to watch out there with Mayfield. So then if Keenum's in there, you really can't trust Jarvis Landry, the wide receivers, the tight ends, and all that. So it's really Nick Chubb and the defense, and that's a pretty good DFS stack this week as well. We love those uh, running back defense special team stacks, as well as uh, quarterback wide receiver slash tight end stacks. And here's one that you can definitely target this week, Chubb and the Browns, and that's all I want to see here. Because the Browns defense is going to be angry, they're upset, Miles Garrett and the company did not play well last week, so... A lot of that onus is going to be on the coaching staff there and Joe Woods and Kevin Stefanski to get them right, and I think we'll have a get-well game here, but they'll keep it to basics, running game and defense, and that's where you want to invest in the Browns this week. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay a full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card even for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get to $0.50 cents per gallon catchback in your first tank. Again, make sure you use that promo code TOUCHDOWN at GetUpside. Alright, it's uh, time to continue the show here on Lockdown Fantasy Football on a matchup Wednesday. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you, as always, on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, let us pivot to a very good matchup for the 49ers. Uh, coming off that Smash game, against the Rams, just dominated the game from wire to wire there with their offense and their defense. The 49ers go on the road. They've been very good on the road in the East Coast with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, They finally got their first home win last week, so a lot of confidence. 49ers can sense being back in the playoff picture for sure in the NFC. So they're not going to let down here. They're going to keep it going. It's a short week, I know that. But the 49ers, the matchups across the board are fantastic. George Kittle can destroy this matchup. I think Debo Samuel has another massive game, and there's no one who can stop Debo and the Jaguars here. So Kittle and Samuel do their thing. I think Brandon Ayuk gets on the fun. So I like Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Streamer and DFS option. Really cheap here for your 49ers. Garoppolo's played really well, except for that Cardinals game where he had a few turnover issues. But... Yeah, he's locked in, and maybe that motivation of Trey Lance potentially starting over him and the 49ers fading out of the playoff picture has Jimmy G locked in. But it also helps you have George Kittle now to help Samuel and Ayuk. So their weapons are coming together. You like Eli Mitchell out of the backfield. They're 6.5-point favorites here on the road. 45 and a half is the over-under here. So I look at uh, the 49ers. It's all the principles that you would get in here and Garoppolo if you need streaming there. Uh, Mitchell is an RB2, just based on uh, maybe not having touchdown potential. Samuel's a smash wide receiver one. I think Ayuk falls into strong wide receiver three. George Kittle, a top three tight end this week. And we like their defense as well, really playing well with Nick Bosa. That front started to come alive there. The secondary started to play a lot better as well. They've been underachieving all season, so Trevor Lawrence in a heap of trouble here against this defense that's uh, revitalized here. So defense is good. If you need Robbie Gold, he looked pretty good last week kicking a 50-yard field goal against the Rams. If you need him at kicker, he's back and looking like the old Robbie Gold. So everything you can with the 49ers, get it in there and play it this week. You're within reason. You're not going to like Trent Sherfield or some weird player like that. But anyone the principles of the 49ers should go off in this game because sometimes it's just very simple to beat a team like Jacksonville. They just have too many weapons for that defense here to handle and uh, just the short passing and getting it all out quickly. That really hurts the Jaguars as well because the 49ers can get big plays no matter how they slice it in this game for Kyle Shanahan. Now for the Jaguars, where do you go? I mean, I think it's James Robinson and nothing else. I really don't Dan, like Dan Arnold. Jimmy Ward, when he's in there, plays pretty well against a tight end. I know they allowed a touchdown to Tyler Higbee, but... They pretty much weren't in control of the game, so it didn't really mean much. I mean, that could happen again where Dan Arnold gets some garbage, but in general, the 49ers have been good against the tight end. Even with that Higby game, the 49ers are pretty darn good by the numbers. Uh, Jaquaski tart is out, but Ward came back. He had the pick-six last week against Matthew Stafford. So they have enough here without Drake Greenlaw, without Tart, to uh, handle Dan Arnold if he's going to be the only option. It takes a lot of pressure off their corners, not having to worry really about Marvin Jones or Libeska-Shinov Jr. That's one of the biggest tragedies here for the Jaguars offense. Without DJ Chark, you thought those wide receivers would be more involved, actually less involved. Look, the 49ers are going to see that Arnold is the guy that uh, Lawrence depends on. They're also looking at Jamal Agnew. These are two matchups they can uh, take out of the game easily. So, I would uh, avoid Agnew and Arnold if I can. Not going anywhere near Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson seems to get it done, just like last year. doesn't matter the matchup, doesn't matter the place. If he's healthy and out there, he's going to get volume. You know, he has a shot at a touchdown. He's going to be involved in the passing game. So James Robinson, as usual, will come through for you as an RB2, and maybe an RB1 if he can get in the end zone here for you. But James Robinson's on an island here, alone for the Jaguars in fantasy, while the 49ers have a lot of company with their principal offensive skill players. All right, the next game we'll talk about, we'll flip to Buffalo. So we'll stay on the East Coast but go into a much colder place in Orchard Park, New York. The Colts are visiting, and it's a seven point, seven and a half point favoritism there towards the Bills. It's a 50 over-under, so expecting some points in this one, mainly from the Bills' side. So so, so quite a few heavy favorites in our first four games there. We talked about the Patriots' 7-point favorites, the Browns' 10-point favorites, 49ers looking good, and um, the Bills looking good at home here. Good get-well game last week against the Jets, and uh, they should feel good about this one, returning home. The Coles play a lot of the zone defense, we know that, so it's going to be more patience required here for Josh Allen. So That means it's the principles, stick with your main guy, Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley really hurting with a ribs injury, so you can't totally trust him. They're not throwing Emmanuel Sanders enough, so... I would uh, take Beasley and Sanders off the radar here for wide receiver. Three options. Diggs had his best game of the season last week so he's locked in in this matchup as a wide receiver. One, the Colts secondary is not that good and Diggs can scheme himself open all over the field. You also have a uh, potential for the Bills running game to get going but the problem is you have Matt Breida and the Colts are a good run defense. Really, other than the Bills, they're the team that slows down running backs the most with their defense. So yeah, not feeling it here with Zach Moss or Devlin Singleton, especially now that uh, one Matt Breida is in the mix, so can't go with the running backs, can't go with the extra wide receivers, so where else do we go with uh, Josh Allen, who's a top QB this week? With Diggs, it is Dawson Knox at tight end. I really like what he can do here underneath the uh, routes. Uh, we saw Dan Arnold have a pretty good game for the Jaguars last week. The way the Colts play defense, it screams, use the tight end, and the guy that can stretch the seam here. He had some opportunities early, but they kind of forgot about him because the running game was so good, the running game is not going to be so good this week, so... When it requires Josh Allen to be patient, working down the field, and Beasley's hurt, that says it's going to be a lot of digs and knocks here this week. They're going to use the running backs as well for some production, but again, the three-headed monster there and a limited uh, rushing attack against a very good run defense who can't go there this week. I also like the Buffalo defense, so not a stack with the one of the running backs, but the Bills defense is a must-play this week at home against Carson Wentz. Wentz really had a clunker. He was on that multiple touchdown roll, but the Jaguars of all teams quieted him down just like they quieted Allen down the week before. So, on the road in the elements, you play Jonathan Taylor, you play Michael Pittman, hope for your best. Taylor's still an RB1. He's smashing it as the best player in fantasy football this year. Michael Pittman has just been too good, where even in this tough matchup, you still play him, and he drops more into wide receiver 2-3 borderline here. But nowhere else I'm stretching in this Colts offense and not going to play the Colts defense at all on the road against the Bills. All right, we still have three more games to talk about in this show. Uh, we'll have uh, the Dolphins-Jets game. We'll have the much-anticipated Cam Newton start as Washington travels to the Panthers. And we'll also talk about the Ravens-Bears game. Before we do that, i got to tell you more about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% chocolate real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. It is a protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Built Bars are all low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high-protein, so all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And another great thing about Bilt Bar, there are so many flavors, so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. Sometimes they have special flavors as well right now, they did have a blueberry muffin that was pretty darn good here, special flavor. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check the website off, and you don't want to miss out here at built.com All you have to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com We're back and better than ever. New web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. That. It's bet online, your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile device to so sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus there. For basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. You'll find them all at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easy way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, uh, it's time to close our show here with uh, three more matchups that we'll look at from the early side of games. Don't forget we will close looking at the matchups here tomorrow on matchup Thursday. It makes sense to follow up matchup Wednesday here on Locked On Fantasy Football. So we'll get through that Cowboys Chiefs marquee late afternoon game. We also have the Steelers and Chargers playing on Sunday night and capping things off with uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers hosting the Giants there. Monday night. So we'll get through all those games tomorrow there on Matchup Thursday. So let's uh, finish up Matchup Wednesday here. The Dolphins and Jets. I actually like the Jets to win this game. The Dolphins are three-point road favorites, but something tells me the Jets are going to play well. Before we came on, we learned that Joe Flacco is starting, not Mike White, not Zach Wilson, not Josh Johnson. It is Joe Flacco. The reasoning was he can handle the Dolphins' blitz. Uh, We'll see about that, but... I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think it changes all that much with what the Jets principles are that we're looking at. I think he's going to be more savvy about the short to intermediate passing game. So that could actually be good for Elijah Moore and the fellow rookie there, Michael Carter, with the other rookie, Zach Wilson, not playing. So checkdowns and all that, beating the Blitz. So we'll see. Maybe Flacco still has the big arm to get it to Corey Davis. I think he's hurt the most here. I think you'll see a lot of Moore and Carter. I wasn't into Corey Davis all that much with Flacco starting there. And his arm is not what it once was. We know it was pretty strong and could push the ball downfield. The Dolphins are gonna blitz, so he's gonna have to get the ball out quickly in this one. And that's the whole reasoning behind going with Joe Flacco, the veteran that they had with the most experience. So that means check downs, shorter passes. That's great news for Michael Carter and Elijah Moore, I think so. Elijah Moore checks into me as a strong wide receiver three. Michael Carter once again in this matchup is excellent. He's definitely an RB2 with some upside here this week. I also sneakily like the Jets' defense. Shh, don't tell anyone this week. But people listen to stuff that's being said. And Rex Ryan and Robert Sala and this defense, uh, they've heard the noise that they shouldn't be compared to any good defense for the Jets. Well, they don't have a lot of talent back there, but they do have a lot of heart. We know their secondary has been playing pretty well. We also know they play that zone defense. And we know that the Dolphins are not a field-stretching team. So... This may not be good because the Jets can come up and tackle and take care of that here. They were trying to be a field-stretching team, but that hasn't quite happened with Tua Tagovola's injury, Jacoby Brissett playing in here. So expect Tua to play, but do you really want to trust him on the road and the elements with his finger and all that? I mean, it wasn't like they were highly productive last week. They were able to beat the Ravens, but that was with defense this week. So I kind of look at uh, this uh, game. It's going to be a downside for the Dolphins. That said, I do like Miles Gaskin you got to play Mike Gisecki. you got to play Jalen Waddle, because I, I think there's going to be some points in this game, but there's also going to be some mistakes here by both quarterbacks. So, both defenses, you can look at streaming, still can get into the principles here. I think there's going to be a big play on defense and some messiness It's going to be in the low 20s, but player principles that you would that are producing for your teams. Again, I feel actually a little bit better about Carter and more than I do about Gaskin in this game, but uh, yeah, so... Mike Gusecki's not going to get blanked again. I'm pretty confident about that. He's going to put up some numbers in this one uh, after the real big disappointment in that great matchup against the Ravens. So he'll be okay. Back end tight end one as usual. You have a John Waddle. I think he's a good wide receiver three option just like Moore is in this game. And again, I like Carter a little bit more than Gaskin if you're trying to make that decision here in fantasy football this week. And again 45 over under not expecting a lot of points i think it's gonna be again low 20s it's gonna live up to that expectation so you'll get some points you get some defensive work here in this game it'll uh, be as pleasing as it can be between these two teams for fantasy football here in week 11. all right let's pivot to washington the football team is going to the panthers and we know what's happening in this game cam newton being prepped to start everyone's hyped about cam newton but it's also ron rivera scott turner Taylor Heineken, remember him? He was a former Panther. He's got some motivation here in this game. 43 is the old under so not expecting a lot of points. When Compared to all the other games that we've talked about so far, that is the lowest total, so don't get too excited about Cam Newton's return here, given the implied total in this one. So, and I'm not going to Cam Newton at all. I mean... <laughs> I think it's Christian McCaffrey, and it's going to be a lot in front of him. I still could see Cam getting a couple touchdowns. But it, this Washington defense, I think everyone's going to say Chase Young and Montez Sweat are out. But Montez Sweat was already out last week, and they really did a number on the Bucks. Then they lost Chase Young pretty early in that game, and they still control the Bucks. So inside, don't forget about those guys. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, they can cause some trouble up front for that yeah, there's offensive line as well. Again, yeah, McCaffrey's just matchup proof. I mean, they're going to get him on the outside in the passing game and dump offs and all that. This interior pass rush is going to get it going. So, get yeah, another game where I like the two defenses here the Panthers at home, Washington on the road. Washington really showed something last week, fixed a lot there for Rivera and Jack Del Rio. The Panthers typically play better defense at home. They do have some bodies missing there, but they should be okay in, in this one, uh, given the low scoring nature. So, let's quickly go through Cam Noon I'm going to not start if I, unless I'm in a super flex deeper league 2QB I might look at Cam but I'm not playing him in any 12-14 to 14 team league that kind of situation this week I think Washington defense is going to keep playing pretty well McCaffrey plays I like DJ Moore to be on track here uh, Robbie Anderson you could look at but I don't expect them to light it up that's what I feel like Washington's kind of fixed some things from knowing what they did last week to Brady so again DJ Moore, I think, has the better yardage day and has a decent day enough to as in his wide receiver three this week. Anderson is a touchdown-dependent wide receiver four or flex. I look at it. McCaffrey, easily. When he's on the field, he's always RB1. The key for him is getting the end zone this week. Let's not have Cam Vulture a couple of touchdowns passing and running. We want McCaffrey, CMC, to get it done, and I think he will in this game as the primary source of offense as usual the Panthers uh, so don't be fooled by Cam it's still CMC here in Carolina so it's another good stack there McCaffrey and the Panthers defense now I think Taylor Heineke is going to play well would I play him in season long probably not would I look at him at DFS yeah a little bit more because I like the value here but in season long I don't think you need to go there but if I was going to play one quarterback in this game it would be Heineke over Newton the game script could also really help Heineke in this one so I also like the way he played last week. He was balling. He was back to the playground. He was running around a little bit. You also have Terry McLaurin. We'll see about Logan Thomas coming back. Ricky Seals-Jones could be on the shelf. But they found something in DeAndre Carter last week. They also found something in Antonio Gibson. So, I really like the running backs in this game. And stacks here to be had. Contrarian stack from McCaffrey. And Panthers D could be Gibson and the Washington D. So, something to look at in DFS this week. Terry McLaurin, I think, is going to have a very good game. The Panthers secondary is pretty good, but I think McLaurin, he's due for one of those games, 100 yards and a TD. It's coming here for Heineke. That's going to help him produce. I think you'll see a little bit more of J.D. McKissick, but that also means Gibson more in the passing game as well. So the Panthers can be run on, so that's really good news for Gibson, who had a couple TDs, really ran hard, and was as effective as he could be against that tough Buccaneers run defense last week. Panthers not nearly as daunting up front here to run on. So love Gibson, love McLaurin. Again, we'll see about tight end, but they can move it around with other guys. DeAndre Carter, we saw that last week for Washington. I wouldn't go start Carter, but the principals here, McLaurin and Gibson. Heineke, not a bad stack that you can put in with McLaurin in the fantasy DFS environments this week as well. All right, the final game will break down, and this one I think is going to be a pretty good one as well. 45.5 is the over-under, the Ravens. Our six-point favorites going into Chicago. Bears coming off a bye here. Let's start with the Bears. And I think they're going to fix some things with Justin Fields. That means uh, letting him loose, throwing it downfield. That means running it quite a bit. That's going to be some problems for the Ravens, who are dependent on the blitz. They're playing one single coverage. I think they're actually going to be easy looks for Justin Fields this week. And there's going to be some volume. We know Lamar Jackson on the other side. So he's going to be motivated Come come off the bye. Let's hope that Matt Nagy doesn't rein him in again. Just let this kid loose and see what he can do. Running, passing, improvise a little bit, let him go to work. and I think they will. The matchups are pretty good for the wide receivers, but I still like Darnell Mooney more a lot more than Allen Robinson. If you're desperate for Robinson to do something, maybe as a wide receiver four or flex. But for me, I'm looking at Mooney and that connection. little well, two-touchdown game last time for Mooney there against the Steelers. It gives you a lot of hope here that Fields-Mooney is going to be a nice little... Combination here going forward, I think it's going to be a great combination long-term, but short-term here for the rest of the season, something we're going to watch here with the Mooney and Fields, so that's another sneaky stack, folks, Mooney and Fields to go, at a pretty cheap one at that in the DFS this week, so you can go in that direction. David Montgomery is the guy to start here in the backfield. You can't go with Khalil Herbert. Montgomery well-rested. You figure he's going to get the normal workload here as a starter for the Bears, so he's an RB2 for sure. Again, yeah, Robinson, by beware there to play. Oh, the sleeper, I think, is Cole Komet. You look at tight end, he was a lot more involved, and uh, they've been praising him a lot, these offensive coaching staff for the Bears. So Cole Komet finally could be unwrapped here, and makes sense. He's a good security blanket, good athlete, good guy for Fields there to throw to. So I think it's going to be a lot of Fields to Mooney and Komet in this game with a little bit of Montgomery out of the backfield and some Robinson to support them when needed. So there's going to be success in the Bears passing game. Fields is going to get it in on the ground. So I do like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's going to be a top 12 QB. That's my bold prediction here of the week here. And again, the volume is going to be pretty decent with Lamar on the other side. So Lamar, top 5 QB. This is a tougher matchup than anticipated here. The Bears uh, Look, you have Khalil Mack potentially returning. Eddie Jackson could be in the lineup. You have a pretty good shutdown corner, Jalen Johnson. So, temporary expectations here for Marquise Brown. I still think he rebounds pretty well and could score on a long touchdown. But Jalen Johnson's a legit pretty good corner here. So, watch out for that here in this game. And uh, Rashad Bateman should stay busy. He's been really effective when teams have tried to double-team or take Brown out of the game. We've seen that for three straight weeks here. So, Bateman continues to play well. The rookie from... Minnesota, I think he's a wide receiver three. Brown stays as wide receiver one. Mark Andrews, as usual, top three tight end there with uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So no worries about Andrews after he looked good last week and did the damage there, scored uh, against the Dolphins. One of the things that went right actually for Miami in that game, or in Miami in that game for Baltimore. So again... There, we'll see about the backfield. There's a little bit of cloud over it. Uh, They did release Le'Veon Bell. That was news we learned about before we started recording the show. So that means uh, Latavius Murray should be back. So that complicates things with Devonta Freeman. I don't know if you can start him with confidence. The Bears are decent against the run, a little bit more vulnerable against the pass. So, yeah, you might have to pivot off uh, Freeman if uh, Murray returns because that just makes it a little bit more complicated because Murray can do a lot more than Bell, and we should say that Bell's release indicates that Murray will play this week. So, yeah, so Brown, Bateman, Andrews, Lamar play those guys. The Ravens' defense also not bad in this situation. Justin Fields is a rookie, still could make some mistakes if he puts up numbers, but we know it was disappointing for the Steelers uh, there in the matchup at home on um, Monday night. So on the road here, just temporary expectations. The Ravens' defense simply is not that good, and that's why I like... Good production here, sneaky production for Justin Fields this week. I got to tell you about another show here on the Lockdown Network. It's called Locked on Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. We talk about gambling a little bit here with the over unders and try to help us in fantasy football. Well, you can get all the betting information, analysis, and advice you need on Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, that wraps up this matchup. Wednesday here for Locked on Fantasy Football, breaking down the first half of games, roughly. We still have the back half, so we actually have eight games for you tomorrow. We did seven today, so can't wait to talk about that on Matchup Thursday. All right, and have a great rest of your day. This has been Vinny Iyer for Locked on Fantasy Football, and we'll catch you tomorrow there to finish breaking down all the games of week number 11.